Welcome to the Negative Positives Podcast, episode 396. I'm your host, Mike Gutterman, coming to you from a warm, I guess it's not really unseasonably warm, but a pretty nice warm uh, October evening here uh, in Louisville, Kentucky, in the Gutterman Cave. And uh, it is a Monday episode, so we have co-captains, we have a guest and uh, it's going to be a, a real a real banger, I think. So uh, uh, let's uh, get to the co-captains first. We'll move out to uh, Los Angeles, California, the city of angels, La La Land. Mr. Andre Dominguez, how are you doing tonight, Andre? Howdy, howdy, Mike. I am doing all right. Just came back from work. Nice. Well, was it you all on like a heat, heat wave or something um, recently? Um, maybe a few weeks ago, but it's 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 been pretty chilly here. It's in like oh, the... Okay. Low 20s Celsius. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. Uh, well, you're gonna, <clears throat> you know, you're an American citizen now. You got to start talking Fahrenheit. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, I refuse. Uh, <laughs> an inferior the, form of measurement. <laughs> now, now. Uh, but the, because uh, I, I was looking at, I was watching the weather. We had a real cold snap. I think it was last week, and it was like real cold. I and mean, we had some, even some freeze warnings a couple of evenings. And I looked at the, they showed the the weather map and uh, the whole United States and the whole left half. Oh, West Coast, West side was all red. And then my side was all like ice blue. And I didn't like it. Didn't like it one bit. And I was like, you can just send that stuff right on send that red on over to, to my area. And, uh, but I guess it finally got here. So, uh, all right. Um, enough of the uh, weather talk. Uh, let's get to, um, also out and, uh, in, in, in the, uh, what do they, what do they call it? The, uh, the golden state, right. Um, uh, also out in California, who hails from Georgia, but you know, he uh, goes out there cause he misses Andre so much. He has to go out to California like uh, <laughs> every couple of weeks, but, uh, uh, our, it's our very own cabin boy. I, I, I don't know. I think we're going to have to find another, uh, uh, position for him on the USS negative pauses because, um, I mean, he's been, uh, kind of like our, he's kind of been, uh, you know, filling a, a co-host chair for a while now. So, uh, maybe we'll have to upgrade him. We'll see, we'll see how he does this episode and we can get him a, a different, um, uh, title than cabin boy, but it is not a, none other than, uh, the drunk dark room, uh, Mike Kukavica. How you doing tonight, Kooks? Mike, thanks for having me on. I'm feeling pretty good. Although, you know, I can never reply, replace, uh, Roxanne or Jess. I mean, Never. So I'm I'm kind of a pretty shabby fill in for them. Uh, <laughs> but but I'm glad you let me out of the cabin. And, uh, <laughs> and, right, and right. I'm glad to be here. Well, very good, very good. Uh, and our guest tonight, uh, who is uh, I think normally hails from um, uh, the state that has banned uh, all large soft drinks, um, which is uh, Minnesota. Oh, one of your worst. But uh, now his uh, is uh, you know I, he says he's at a work trip, but I think uh, vacationing in a in a in a in a, in a nicer area. But we have none other none other than uh, Minson uh, Sowers on uh, the podcast tonight. How you doing tonight, Minson? Hi, Mike. Guys, I am doing great. Thank you. <laughs> and where where where'd you say you're at again t- uh, tonight? I am in Hilton Head, South Carolina. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 a, yeah pretty nice conven- place. <laughs> convenient that you know work work trips take you to uh, you know like these places, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, to be honest, the conference ended on Sunday, but we stuck around for another couple of days. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> yeah, just charge it to the company account. You know, it's no big deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, right, that, well, these days that doesn't work man there's, there's no the compliance is like a real thing man so 
So I'm yeah. quite sure it's probably out of your own pocket, but at least you got it. It, it certainly right? is. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> so don't be getting the wrong idea. Don't well, speaking <laughs> speaking of out of own pocket, I I had to uh, go to the gas station tonight to to buy a thirty banger and Miller Lite, you know, to get through this episode. And uh, um, and, and uh, when I when I went and checked out, uh, uh, the lady at the uh, at the cash register, she knows I always buy my beer from there, and she's I'm she probably thinks I'm a raging alcoholic, but uh, the <laughs> um, she she says, oh wait, do you see this price? I was like, what? And uh, she rang it up. It was like twenty eight ninety nine for a thirty pack. It used to be like twenty two dollars. It went up like six dollars. Like what? 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 What's going on with this country, man? Like uh, this, I don't know what's going on. Uh, like, wait a minute, like, a dollar a beer? Exactly. <laughs> right. This is outrageous. I mean, you know, I'm not drinking. I'm not drinking that craft swill. I'm drinking, you know, good old watered down swill. You know? but, uh, uh, yeah. What does it say on the can again? <laughs> a fine pilsner. Fine lager yeah. beer. A fine pilsner. <laughs> it says on the can. It doesn't even. It doesn't even beer. Yeah, it doesn't even. It doesn't even upgrade itself to a lager. It just says pilsner. So, which I'm, I'm fine with. It. So, it's a golden, golden sparkly beverage. But, uh, um, but, <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, Minson, it is your first time being on uh, on negative positives, and uh, you know you've been around for a bit. I remember, uh, uh, you know, you've, I've, you've had some interaction uh, with me and and uh, through through the years and all that. And uh, uh, if for folks listening, you might actually remember him as like the uh, wailing uh, like hot licks guitarist that we have used for our <laughs> holiday holiday. He he put together a holiday uh, medley on on guitar. And the dude can play circles around me. I can tell you that. And uh, we've played that uh, for like our Christmas show the last couple of years. So, uh, and I'm going to keep that tradition. Yeah. I've still got that tra- that track oh. saved. And uh, uh, this this Christmas, you'll hear it again. It's I mean, you know, until somebody can beat him with another holiday medley. Uh, but it's going to be hard to beat those hot licks, man. So uh, yeah. <laughs> now I'm picturing that scene from the Ralph Macchio movie. Uh, you know, Crossroads. Oh, there you go. Guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, why don't you to uh, tell the fine folks a little about yourself and uh, um, and how you uh, got into this uh, photography madness. Yeah, well, th- great. Yeah, thanks, and thank you for using my song at Christmas time. That's uh, <laughs> that's a lot of fun to hear. <laughs> um, yeah, so my story got started probably I think it was just about ten years ago now. Uh, my wife was already uh, successfully shooting uh, portraits and uh, you know running a photography business uh, all on that ugly word digital of course uh but um and but you know i was a musician i i really didn't have any interest in photography uh but the guitar player in my band uh his sister was getting married and he asked if we would uh video the service and of course she was using a canon 7d and so then you know i started googling and found out oh well they use this thing on the avengers movie so it must shoot pretty good video so Mm -hmm. but i had to learn how to uh i'd learn how to shoot video on the thing so i started youtube uh i'm a youtube binger i just non-stop watching that uh so i found all these videos about how you need to set up the camera you know the frames per second and doubling the shutter speed and all of that blah 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 um but then i started finding out if you really want to make it look cinematic you have to adapt vintage lenses on it because then it will really look like a movie so yeah yeah. uh yeah so um first thing i did was get my dad's uh mamiya msx 1000 uh mamiya yeah, <laughs> uh, which, uh, you know, it's this huge, uh, clunky M42 uh, SLR from the 70s. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
but the and so I bought an adapter off of eBay, put it on there, you know, and it was amazing. You know, for one thing, you had to manually focus. So having mm-hmm. that nice vintage focus throw on there was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but you know, it I tend to kind of go all in on stuff. And once I did that first lens, started getting on the Craigslist and found other cameras for sale out there. And, you know, of course, the only way you get vintage lenses is to buy the whole camera and kit, mm-hmm. too. So uh, I just started uh, buying. I think the next one was a Fuji uh, and another M42 camera. But this one, of course, came with four lenses in the kit. So all of a sudden, my collection grew by a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, but of course, getting all of these cameras in the kits, too, uh, some of them even still had film in them. I'm like, oh, what the heck? I guess I'll just shoot it for fun and see what happens. Hmm. And I was so nervous at first. I would first meet her with, with the digital camera to get the settings and then transfer those settings to the film camera. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I figured that'll be more accurate. Um <laughs> But, you know, and at the time we had a local lab that would develop and scan and put them on CD for you for like five bucks. Mm. So, so, you know, it it was economical and kind of fun. And I I just started getting kind of bit uh, by the film bug that way. Uh, And, you know, and it was just kind of fun, of course, to get to people's reaction when they see it. Like, oh, they still make film for that? You know, all that stuff. So, so, yeah, that was was it. Of course, then I started going down the YouTube binge route again. Uh, And I just kind of remembered one of the early shows that I watched was called The Framed Show. Um, Mm. And they they had a whole series called Film where these three photographers uh, were shooting just film and really kind of explaining why they loved it. And it, uh, you know, and it just kind of inspired me to keep pushing more and collecting more and trying more films. And, uh, yeah, you know, now I think my, uh, I have a spreadsheet where I keep track of all of them. And I think I've got over a hundred cameras and 200 lenses. (laughs) (laughs) It got out of hand. (laughs) So so basically you were buying lenses and, uh, the rear lens cap was a camera body. So you you finally, you finally decided. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Got to do something with it. Right, right. Yeah. And uh, so when you when you got into uh, uh, like so we talked in the pre-recording, we were talking about your wife uh, runs a studio and uh, shoots digital and does a lot of uh, portrait sessions and stuff. Uh, Was she uh, doing this at the time you were getting into the film uh, thing? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, her, mm. you know, her business was kind of new back then, but right. that was 10 years ago. So now it's grown quite a bit. She's super busy and yeah. Uh, you know, she's dabbled a little bit in film. I convinced mm. her to, she, she picked up a modern, uh, you know, an EOS three, uh, oh, wow. one of, one of Canon's newer film mm. cameras so that she could just use her L lenses on it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good combination. Yeah. Yeah. Would, when you got into film, though, was she like, um, why, why? I mean, we have special cameras here. <laughs> well, you know, she's pretty used to me at this point. So, <laughs> <laughs> so no, she didn't totally question it. But, yeah, she was just kind of smirking. Okay, that's your, your new hobby. <laughs> that's, that's fine. So do you uh, do you help her at the around the studio like uh, with shoots and stuff or or you just kind of let let that be her thing and uh, and you just uh, uh, I don't know d- deliver the coffee or like uh, what, what's the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah I get the donuts man <laughs> oh there you go there you go that's important yeah, <laughs> yeah. no um, 
I, I help out now and then uh, on a, you know, like this year, I think I'll be helping her on three weddings, uh, you know, I'll second shoot the wedding, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. As every now and then we will just, uh, you know, get a hold of somebody that uh, we'd like to do kind of an art type session with and bring them in and it gives me a chance to uh, try some things out and to practice. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I, so it's not my full time job. So it's you know pretty sporadic when i get to shoot in the studio but sure uh, yeah. whenever i can yeah I, i'm guessing though that it's helped you with like uh even with uh film uh shooting like uh definitely learning like uh lighting right like uh, i mean that's sure it's a, it's a big part of her of her job right oh absolutely yeah <laughs> in fact i just uh installed this track system in the ceiling uh for oh, to wow. be able to uh um you know hang the strobe lights from Mm, and uh, yeah, and be able to move them around all over the place. Uh, so yeah, it's and it's really been nice to clean up all the wires from the floor and stuff. But oh, in any yeah. case, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, I did binge for a while. You know, I was again following all the YouTubers. Uh, if you ever heard of Joe Edelman, uh, he was one of the ones that I watched a lot, uh, and he really ex- explains light well and mm. really helped me understand how to shoot with strobes. Oh, that's that's something that scares the hell out of me. Uh, I mentioned, I think, <laughs> on the last episode that uh, uh, Jamie Molinato did a uh, a video uh, where he was using like uh, strobes with 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 natural light on out outdoors and some uh, portrait shoots and and the, yeah. the photos he got looked like uh, I mean it looked like something out of a magazine, man. It looked like a fashion magazine. Like it just it was awesome. And uh, I said, man, I'd love to be able to do that, but it just. Um, a flash just scares the hell out of me. <laughs> you know, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, it's tough. it really is. Yeah. There's absolutely but, some validity to that thing that digital photographers love to kind of give, you know, film photographers grief for, or not only film photographers, but anybody who sort of is like, I only shoot with natural light. There's a 99% <laughs> chance that they just don't know how to use flash, myself <laughs> included. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, they, oh, they yeah. Actually, man. I mean, when I hear that, I think the same thing. Yeah, they, they they think it's a it's my artistic choice. I'm a I'm a natural light shooter. Nah. <laughs> I love seeing out of bios on websites. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, I mean, not to knock that, right? But, but no, if, no. If you you should really be able to do whatever you need to do, right? I mean, like because no situation is the same. Sure. So no technique can be the same for everything. So yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, my my yeah. excuse historically has been like, well, I could spend the money and time learning how to shoot flash, or I could buy a new camera. <laughs> <laughs> now, now that like I'm kind of, I'm not a hundred percent over buying cameras, but I've definitely taken a slowdown in terms of the the gear train. Now I'm like, yeah, that would be a nice skill to have. I don't need another camera or another lens. <laughs> Well, there you go. You can uh, uh, you can uh, just uh, uh, get a hold of uh, a mitts on and, uh, and just have him help you. So uh, you, you can just uh, ex- expect yeah. a bunch of messages from Andre in the next uh, year. Or so. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I can't guarantee the same dopamine rush you get from buying a new camera, though. So. <laughs> hey, right. but that's uh, that Godot uh, old school looking flash is pretty cool. That, that thing looks neat. really neat. Honestly, I would I would buy that thing just for how it looks. Like, you know, buy like a flash bracket to put on my on my Roloflex and just just manual flash it out. Wait, a minute. I'm, not, I'm not aware. I'm not aware of this. I'm, I'm behind the yeah. times. What's going on here? It's th- this flash. It's got 
it's got like this metal um like what do you band you know, like, yeah you, you know the old flashes they had like the big like dog bowl thing behind it that was silver, right, right? that yeah, was yeah. like the reflector yeah. mm-hmm. but, but it looks one, like the, the little like vegetable steamer basket yes <laughs> it, that's it exactly and it like it folds completely down right and so you gotta like grab it from the bottom and like stretch it all the way around and yep. yeah it's it it looks like Ooh. it's 50 years old but it's brand new it, it's, really it's, the godox so lux cool. senior retro correct that's it that's it <laughs> uh i think we got a little bit about uh, uh, about Mensana here on this uh, first segment. We have some. We, got, we actually got quite a few questions uh, on the Facebook group. I I um I made a plea. I, I'm a, I actually did a face cast this weekend on the Facebook group, and I asked for some questions, and uh, some people came through. We got we got a little more of a bumper crop of questions from the negative positives Facebook group. So I'm pretty happy about that. I think we're going to learn a little bit more about Mensana there uh, through those uh, uh, questions, and then. And, well, uh, I'm sure we'll have much spirited conversation too, as well. So, um, I guess we'll go ahead and take us a little break. And uh, unless anybody has anything else they want to follow up about, just how he got into photography before we go, anything else before we take a break? Wait, I got one question. Uh, you said Minson that they used the Canon 7D in the Avengers movie. Can you elaborate yeah. on that just a little bit? Because I did not. Yeah, know. yeah. Well, <laughs> apparently it was kind of their disposable camera. <laughs> <laughs> it's the the one they would bolt onto a car or vehicle that they were going to smash. <laughs> you know, if they, if they need... it, that's all they're looking for. Exactly. Yeah. If they need to shoot a shot out from the gutter, well then, yeah, stick the 7D down there. You know. <laughs> hey, hey, let's, so let's, for, let's watch how we people... use the word. Let's watch how we use the word gutter around this place, man. Let's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but for ordinary people, they got a GoPro, and for 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 the Hollywood, they're. Using 70 that's a throw right right <laughs> you know surprisingly that thing probably survived movie. yeah yeah um but it's an incredibly durable camera a uh, digital rev if you remember them um yeah kai yeah kai wong he he did a brutal episode just beating up the 7d like you wouldn't believe and the thing still sh- still shot at the end so it was amazing I think I did see that. I mean, there, there, there were like the the Top Gear for cameras. And, and oh like it, yeah, and they did such a good job. It wasn't like a copy, you know. What I mean, but like I, I really enjoyed those and some of the crazy stuff they did. Yeah, I think I yeah. did see that yeah. one. They had like mud <laughs> on it, and were like, didn't they like drop it out of something too? And oh yeah, they they froze it, they burned it, they <laughs> shot it with a pellet gun. They- <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I, my Pentax digital SLR, I didn't do any of that, and it broke. So, um, you know, uh, <laughs> there you go. That's my luck. It's better. Here goes, here goes the working man's camera. The working man needs to work on it. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, the working re- repair man's camera. I think, so, uh, um, but, um, not not too happy about the uh, Rico ownership of uh, of, uh, of Pentax. Got to admit, didn't have a good experience there. But uh, so yeah, that's too bad. Um, yeah, yeah, it happens, I guess. But um, all right. Well, we'll go ahead and take us a little break, and uh, we'll be right back, folks.
right, folks, we are back from the break, and I just—I I had to go out during the break and water the thorny bush, and I'm just—I'm I'm still shocked at how warm it is outside. And and here it is—it's uh, late October, and I'm still wearing my flippy floppers. And uh, so if just—if Just Jones is listening to this, I just wanted to know that uh, flip flops are still flying here in the gutter man cave, and uh, uh, this is my <laughs> test to see if she's actually still listening to the shows now that she's on hiatus. So that's a—it's <laughs> a little, little—it's uh, a—that's a little. Uh, 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 what do they call it in like video games? Uh, where there's like a, a secret thing or something. Um, uh, An Easter egg. Easter egg. Easter egg. That's my little Easter egg to see if Jess is still listening to us. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but we have some questions from the Negative Positives Film Photography Facebook group and uh, to um, uh, on uh, Sowers. And uh, I keep stumbling over his name because I've so long I've called it. I've just said uh, Minson. Sours, I think, or I think I even said sores at sometimes. So, it's just what I do. I, I butcher people's names. So, uh, but I'm, I'm getting it right so far. I don't, I don't think I've, I don't think I've, I've I don't think I've screwed it up yet. But uh, let's find out what what the uh, fine people want to know uh, from Minson. Uh, Andre, what's the uh, first question we have? All right, first up, we've got from Mr. Larry Effler, a recent. Uh, guest of the Negative Positives podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, I really like your photography of cars, trucks, and other mechanical mobile things. What's your secret for getting good illustrative pictures without being cliche? And secondly, it's been 40 years since I've ridden a motorcycle, and I'm really jonesing for a classic 1970s CB500. So my wife is asking me to ask you to talk me out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Well, I mean, first of all, I have to say I was really surprised to see all the questions in there, and, and it really made me feel good to see all of those. And I also had to fret over them all weekend, uh, trying to think how I was going to answer. Um, but I love this question uh, because, honestly, you know, a lot of the times, of course, I feel like my uh, car show shots are uh, cliche, even though I'm really trying not to. Um, the uh, but I'll reference my YouTube binging from earlier is actually Tony and Chelsea Northrup. They had a video about shooting car shows once and mm-hmm. I watched that. I and it was actually, guys. I, I used to, I used to listen to their podcast. It's been a long time since I listened to them. Are they still doing stuff or. I think they are. Honestly, yeah. I haven't been listening to them either, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. but yeah, 10 years ago, I sure was. And I learned a lot from their car show video. And one of the things that they really talked about was to find what feature of the car makes it unique, you know, whether it's that fender flare, uh, you know, or just the really cool headlights or whatever it is, but focus in on that feature. Don't always try to get the whole car, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and try to accentuate that feature. Um, I also really tend to like using uh, a little bit wider angle, uh, you know, like a 28 mil, something like that, uh, so that I can get pretty close in and accentuate that feature. And, you know, if it's a big sweeping fender, it's just going to make it even more (laughs) sweeping when you get in close like that. Um, So and then, you know, of course, with these custom cars and rebuilt cars, a lot of times it's just the color uh, is the amazing part. They they put so much into those paint jobs. It's just incredible. So if I can find a way to highlight that, car shows are usually in the middle of the day, so you're dealing with, uh, you know, Harsh midday light, sun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know, trying to just, for one thing, keep yourself out of the reflection is, mm-hmm. <laughs> is hard enough. Um, but, yeah, just pe- focus in on something that's nice and sparkly, uh, the chrome. Uh, man, some of these Cadillacs, they just have massive trunks. And so, you know, I'll get behind them and try to just exaggerate the length of that trunk 
and just really show off how immense it is. Well, that's how the mob, uh, the, you know, some of those mobsters were big dudes. And they had, when you threw somebody in the trunk, you needed that, that big, you know, big trunk. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you don't want to keep making trips. You just got to put them all in there in one. <laughs> right. right, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, it's funny. Uh, my silver linings uh, prints I sent out, uh, Kooks, I sent you some uh, some of my cliche uh, car photos that I've taken because I know nice. you're a car guy. And um, there, I think there's one where it was a GTO or something. I think I think if you look close in the bumper, the chrome bumper or something, you might see my reflection of me <laughs> shooting it. But, nice. uh, but the, <laughs> That's uh, the Easter egg right there. Th- there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, the, 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 there's one I, that I took, and I didn't when I took it. It was kind of what uh, Minson was talking about, uh, trying to find something unique about the car. But it, it was a, it was like a uh, one of those Firebirds. Uh, not a not a not a particularly good year of a Firebird. Like, I think late. <laughs> well, hey, uh, well, I mean, I love. <laughs> hey, I, I, I had a '78 Trans Am. It was my first car, so I'm not I'm not making oh, fun okay, of it. Okay. But, uh, yeah, and uh, but this is one of the ones from like uh, gosh, when was it? I guess it was the late '80s or something like that. <laughs> And, uh, and oh, the, fun, yeah. the fun thing was like somebody had painted these, it was actually when me and Andre were in our, doing our Louisville photo walk when Andre was uh, visiting me here in Louisville and there was this firebird parked out, out on the park, in the parking lot. And, uh, right behind the front wheel, there was these flames coming, uh, like, uh, like, which is strange. It's almost like the front wheels on fire or something. And, um, but in, in, in the middle of the frames is the firebird, you know, just says firebird and there's fire all around it. So I was like, well, and I, I, I don't, I didn't see that until after I got the prints, you know, I got it developed. I was like, oh, okay, see, firebird, fire flames, see, see, you know. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Double meaning there. You know, see where I'm going there, you know. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I actually had yeah. an 88 Firebird, uh, the, the nice. Formula 350. Yeah. Oh, look out, look out. That was a fast one. Yeah. Oh, man, that was. It was. Right. Yeah, it, it burned a lot of rubber. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why that front tire looked like it was on fire in that car. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> even though it's a real, and that's another thing, it's a real, real drive. So that, that really didn't make any sense at all, did it? <laughs> so, <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, my uh, brother had uh, an IROG Z, uh, like mm, the same thing, like mm, a yep. 89, and it was what, the 5.7. Yeah, uh, oh, I yeah. borrowed that uh, for the first date I had with my wife. And so uh, he did me a solid. I mean, you know, I don't know that that was entirely uh, what what convinced her to marry me or not, but uh, may have been. Well, you know, I'm sure. I'm sure you, when you picked her up, you was like, it was like sort of your way of telling her, "Hey, I rock." <laughs> so, see, see what I did. <laughs> Nice. Uh, uh, so uh, there was another part of this yeah. question about, about some motor motorcycles. There was. Yeah. So obviously uh, Larry went to my website uh, and saw that I have motorcycling on there, which, yeah, I've been an avid motorcyclist for 30 years now. Nice. Um, and yeah, m- my first bike uh, was a mid 70s Honda CB 500, but it was the twin which was a complete dog. Uh, mm-hmm. So, Larry, if you're going to go get one, uh, find the four-cylinder one. They were way, way better. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, interestingly enough, uh, I just sold my current bike not that long ago, and uh, I'm planning on taking kind of a hiatus from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm going to bring the house down a little bit, but it, there's just been way too many accidents and and crazy drivers out there that I just didn't feel great about riding uh, for now, at least. 
Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's my thing. And for the first time in 30 years, I will not be riding. Oh wow, yeah. I I've always felt like I've wanted a motorcycle, but for that very reason, I've not done it. I mean, I've got a wife and two kids that depend on me right now, so it's like maybe <laughs> exactly. Maybe, yeah. And they're older, and they don't they don't necessarily. Do, uh, well, my wife, I guess, is always going to depend on me, but uh, but <laughs> the, uh, well, maybe not. She probably doesn't need me that bad, but um, the uh, <laughs> the uh, but I always thought. Maybe if I lived out in the country or something, I, I would I would have one. But just living where I live, with the way traffic has just gotten so bad, I just I just, I just don't see me uh, feeling safe with it, you know. But yep, uh, yep. Yeah. I've uh, yeah, but, and you know, all dude, this time Mike. I've never wrecked, so <laughs> let's keep mm. it that way. Mm-hmm. Nice, but Mike, you think it's crazy there? You know, in California, it's legal to split lanes, so you oh, have wow. these guys <laughs> that'll be ripping down between two lanes and like. You know, I'll get out here and I'll get my car or, you know, I'm, I'm driving down the road and I'll change lanes. And I realize, like, I didn't just look for a bike. I could have just uh, killed someone. It's right. like it it's it just I don't drive a bike. Just driving a car scares the crap out of me because I don't want to I don't want to kill someone or hurt them or whatever. Right, you know what I mean? Right. But like mm-hmm. it's it's just so the, the people that ride bikes out here, they're crazy. <laughs> I mean, I get it because like the traffic is so bad. You you know what I mean? Which which of the it's like voting. Which of the two things you don't like do you want to live with? You know, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> my my dad he uh, he rode a bike uh, uh, after he when he retired he he bought himself a motorcycle and he rode for several years until he got his health got too bad where he really couldn't uh, like you know it wasn't a, a smart thing to do or whatever but like uh, but I remember we would be out and driving around somewhere and some motorcycle would drive by you know driving crazy and he'd always say Mike. We we call them organ donors. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we had yeah, a nurse in wrong. high school uh, tell us, an ER nurse, she told us, oh, yeah, we call them donor cycles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, oh, man, it's sad, but it's so true. Right, right. <laughs> uh, so, all right, well, let's uh, move on to the next question. I guess, uh, Mike, uh, you're up. You, you got the next question ready? Yes, sir. So this is from Sherry Christianship. Sorry, I just butchered your name, Sherry, and it's an easy name. <laughs> Sherry Christensen from the Embrace the Grain podcast, or long hiatus, or formerly. I'm not uh, sure yeah, which. But anyway, hiatus, it's yeah. out there. You can listen to it if you like. Mm. Uh, it's They got some good episodes. So, uh, But anyway, she says, uh, please give us your top five tips for bulk rolling film for a complete newbie. Yeah, and thank you for that question, Sherry. Although... I feel like a complete newbie myself. Uh, the truth is, so I won an auction uh, for a high school that was clearing out all of its stuff, including its old dark room, and they had 14 bulk rolls of black and white film, about mm-hmm. evenly split between Tri-X 400 and HB5. Uh, and this stuff all expired in like t- 2013, 2012, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. Um, but you know, so I I had a bulk loader laying around. I'd never tried it before, but I got these for so cheap that I thought, well, okay, I'll give it a try. Uh, and mm-hmm. so, yeah, you know, I I threw it in the dark bag. Uh, you know, watched a couple of YouTube videos on how to do it, of course. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and then yeah, threw it in the dark bag, uh, loaded it up, and uh, I had picked. And another, I don't know where I got them, but I got these reloadable canisters. And here's where I'll actually get to the tips <laughs> part of things. Um, there are two types of reloadable canisters that I had. Uh, one was the, a plastic one uh, with a twist off 
cap mm-hmm. uh, and then kind of a metal one that you had to you have to pinch the metal and then push the cap on kind of thing it it, it scares me that it's just going to pop open and, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. expose all the film uh, so I, I usually just use the black plastic ones um, but I'm a little concerned that they're not 100% light tight uh, they're at least a decade or two old uh and Oof. you know even when they were new maybe they <laughs> they weren't exactly 100% light tight uh so you know i load them in as dark as i can and then right away you know i put them into those uh the opaque black uh, film cans not the clear ones mm-hmm. uh and i store them in there uh i think again <laughs> listening to an older fpp uh episode uh I think they talked about how you, if you leave your undeveloped film or on yeah undeveloped film uh, sitting out in the sunlight or not even in sunlight just in the house light for long enough that light can even leak in even on factory cassettes mm. and or card piping. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I listened to that same one, and they completely <laughs> gave me anxiety about that. Like it was <laughs> yes. like, it's like oh crap. <laughs> well then, I'm like, well, why does Kodak sell them in translucent and Fujifilm sells sells them in translucent cases? If exactly. Light pipe and screw them up. I'm like, ah, it does not compute. Yeah. <laughs> so so yes. black opaque ones. Very Just like Cine still does, right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> So, yeah, so that would be my tip is, you know, in bulk loading, you're just it's an even more dangerous process that you could be exposing more light. So try to do it as much in the dark as you possibly can. Mm I I've bulk loaded a couple a couple of times and uh, it is scary when you're putting this uh, hundred feet of film in a bulk loader (laughs) and you're like, if I screw up. I didn't just screw up one row. I screwed up damn near 20. Like, yeah. (laughs) Bill, Bill, Bill Manning over at, you know, studio C41 slash Atlanta film co is, uh, is is considering getting into like thousand foot. Right. And those in like, I I cannot imagine the anxiety (laughs) of loading a thousand feet of film. Right. Right. I, I, I might, when I always did the, I bulk, I just reused, uh, uh, you know, store uh, actual commercial film canisters from film I'd previously developed. I always leave a little leader uh, mm-hmm. and just reuse those because I did at one time buy these um, Kodak. Um, uh, they were like, uh, I think they're, I don't think they're plastic. Maybe they are plastic. I can't remember, but they were called Snapcap magazines. And, uh, and I, I used those for a little bit, uh, but I, <laughs> I was trying to load one into a camera and dropped it. And as soon as I dropped it, it hit the ground and the, the, the plastic, top popped off and ruined that roll of film i was like yeah i think i'm just gonna stick to the uh, <laughs> reusing the uh the ones from developed ro- developed rows you know uh yeah yeah those okay so it can happen thanks for validating my <laughs> <laughs> right oh, yeah. Boy. yeah oh it definitely happened to me so you know but uh um but yeah uh yeah there's a but i think they you know the thing with using like uh commercial things from what previous rows you've developed or whatever I mean, I guess you can only use them a, ha- a handful of times before you guys start worrying about like uh, the uh, the little seal, the whatever foam or whatever they use to kind of to, could I guess deteriorate or whatever. So, uh, but you know, I, I guess it's something to watch out for. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, bulk loading is definitely a way to save some money nowadays, though I guess so on some films anyway. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was uh, 
again, if I don't know if I'd have, I'd be so cavalier if I had paid full price. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I think I saw, what are they like 150 bucks or something now? I don't know. I, I still have uh, well, actually, Kodak. Yeah. Yeah. Kodak's, yeah. yeah. I have a, a, a hundred foot of like the ultra fine extreme 400 that I bought like a couple years ago and before it was like impossible to find. And, uh, it's, it's still sitting in my fridge. Like I literally need to put it in a bulk loader and cause I need to get, and my son's been asking me for some more film. So I'm like, nothing else I need to bulk load. So for him, so, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and, but, but like, it's been so long, it's been probably a year, little over a year since I bulk loaded and like, I'm kind of like, like I wasn't nervous. I, I, you know, I used to have it down and now I'm kind of nervous again to do it. Cause I'm like, you know, you can't really get this ultra fine extreme very easily anymore. And, uh, and I don't want to oh. screw it up, you know, <laughs> like, cause it's a good film. It really <laughs> was a good film, but, um, yeah. yeah, but Hey, don't, yeah, what's, what's film photography without, without, uh, you know, screwing up every once in a while. So, you know, just, uh, it's part of the game, right? So <laughs> Boy, like no like reward winding, without risk, like right. winding the film in there backwards. Right. Instead of forwards. How did right. I do that once? I, cause I have one of those Watson ones, mm. like there's different kinds or, or maybe Watson's the nice one that no, I have the Lloyd one. Okay. So it's like, it's the black thing with like the red, yeah. um, like circle on the side of it that mm-hmm. holds the two halves together. And I, somehow I loaded, I think I cranked it in there backwards, but I don't know how it could have gone in if it was backwards, but mm. But anyhow, yeah. the the whole roll was screwed up. It just had vertical lines in it, and it wasn't like surge marks from developing. It was stupid marks from me. Is is what it was. Is <laughs> oh, absolutely right. what it was. But but it was just one roll. But yeah, I mean, I've done it a little bit. I I've got some FP4 in in my bulk loader right now, and that was the uh, how, how many of us had some form of a knee jerk reaction in 2020 when you know company started shutting down like Ilford and and was like holy crap what <laughs> I need fix I got paper but I need fixer and I need film <laughs> so like, I, mm-hmm. those are the two things I can't live without and so mm-hmm. like my knee-jerk reaction was to buy some fp4 plus because it was um in a hundred foot roll it was kind of the most economical at the time and you know I I don't know why Kodak is the way they are but like the last time I looked which has been before recent times but under normal circumstances, it's like they don't want to sell you a hundred foot roll because it's more than like fifteen rolls or twenty yeah, rolls. Of, was, there, you know there, what I mean? There was a span when it was like that, and everybody was like, "Why is it more expensive to buy a bulk roll of Triax than just to buy like twenty rows of Triax or something?" And right. and I think and they, they then they adjusted it and it got better. And then that's when I bought a hundred foot of Triax, and I still have that in my fridge too. Imagine that. But, oh uh, man! And, and uh, uh, which is, I guess, is uh, is like the price of gold now. But uh, uh, but but I don't know where the prices are now. I haven't looked in a while because I've still got plenty of bulk rows I need to go through. But but uh, I don't yeah. know if they. I don't know if it's if it's if it's back to being off off kilter with Kodak's prices. I haven't looked. But um, I mean, maybe Andre knows. He's 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 our he's our industry guy, you know. So I don't know. But. <laughs> Not really paid much attention to the price of, of bulk loaded film for a while. What I do more often than bulk loading is like I often find the 36 exposures is too much. So I, mm. I cut down my 36 exposure rolls in half, which gives me about like 16. No, that's not right. Yeah, no, about, yeah, about, about right. 16, yeah. 16 rolls per per little half roll. Um, yeah. And I reuse, you know, cassettes. 
Yeah, I think that's a good idea. That's that's something I should do because man, I have such a hard time finishing a thirty-six roll exposure without unless I just take a bunch of shit shots just to finish, finish the roll, you know. But uh, <laughs> there's only so many mirror selfies people need of me, you know. So uh, that's, uh, <laughs> I bought some. I think they were from Cult. I, I don't want to knock. I, I yeah, don't like. Yeah, Cult, yeah. I don't like being negative, but mm-hmm. I bought some of those and the fuzz that came off of them was ridiculous. Mm. I remember thinking like, and, and the top wasn't fair. I was just like, I, I can't do this. You know, it just is not going to, it was a waste. It was a bad choice. And uh, so I just stuck with the factory cartridges. Well, here's a hot, hot, uh, hot take. I don't know if people know this, but like those cult uh, uh, cartridges or whatever, they, uh, the, the foam or the, 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 uh, it's not really foam. I guess it's like a, uh, like a felt, yeah. The felt's actually made out of spider hair, and um, oh, for f- what? Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe y'all bought that. <laughs> well, I, I've got a mental problem with those kinds of insects, anyway. Okay, it's, if I have any met- real mental problems, it's with freaking spiders. So thinking that, that that shit is that is sorry. Yeah, but, uh, you just reached Time to rewatch and, like, your seriously <laughs> stared at my snow globe, Mister. You just shook up, shook up my snow globe. So. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, all right, well let's uh, let's move on. <laughs> now that that God, sorry, I don't know that I had five tips in there. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. <laughs> well, I, I, the, the main tip is don't use cartridges uh, made uh, with spider hair as part of the felt. So that's that's yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I hope I didn't throw us into you know, the explicit range with that, or you can clip that out, Mike. Sorry. No, I, I always put Mark, these, these shows is explicit. I, I try to do as little editing as possible here, Mike. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, all right, Andre, what do we got next? All righty. Host of the Gen X photography podcast, Mr. Mario Piper says, uh, you've got several hobbies. Do they fit together harmoniously? If so, how do you keep them from competing with each other? That's that's Mario light Piper. What? what? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, Mar- a lot of Mario's very experimental photography uh, oftentimes, you know, benefits from from weird well, the, the light piping. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Just, just bringing it back around. Yeah, it's a segue, so they call it in the industry. But uh. not not saying that he regularly light leaks his film, but I I would think that you know if some light leaks were introduced, it would not be be out of uh his realm yeah out of his realm <laughs> him, him and roxanne are, are like the two people that can pull pull off light leaks have them look good <laughs> and make it look like it's exactly what they were trying for exactly and they probably were but uh, so <laughs> right. they're going to get yeah. the benefit of the doubt but yeah All right, what was the question again what, what, i got i got distracted <laughs> your hobbies how many hobbies was, you oh hobbies oh in fear yeah. Yeah. Well, I do have way too many hobbies. Um, my main hobby is learning about hobbies. So that's, uh, <laughs> and watching YouTube videos. If I, um, if, if I played guitar as much as I watched guitar videos, I would be one hell of, I could probably like maybe play as well as, as, as Minson, but you know, uh, that's, uh, too much time watching and not enough time playing is a problem. So, yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's certainly my deal with photography. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, no, he's, he's, <laughs> I don't always successfully, uh, merge them together. Uh, motorcycling, some of the greatest views that I wanted to capture 
uh, it was just not safe to pull over. <laughs> it's usually some sort of hilly pass where there's no shoulder and there's just no way I'm going to get that shot. Uh, so that was kind of frustrating. So I rarely even brought my camera along on the motorcycle. Um, now, I, we're about a week away from deer hunting season in Minnesota. So I'll be doing that next week. Mm. And I always bring my camera into the deer stand. Uh, there's cool so stuff. Some of the questions for you after the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, we, we get amazing sunsets and sunrises that time of year and I'm out there for both of them and, and, uh, and, you know, and there's always wildlife and other stuff. So, um, I've started bringing along my camera. I got some great shots of, uh, um, trumpeter swans flying overhead and I happen to have a film camera with that year. And, uh, so I got some great filmy shots of those. Um, so yeah, sometimes I can merge the hobbies together, um, you know, I think once or twice I brought a camera on stage when I was playing, <laughs> you know, and try to get a shot of the crowd with the headstock and my guitar in the frame, too. Uh, uh, cool. <laughs> you know. Oh, man, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It, it, when it works out, it's great. Um, but, yeah, it is it is hard. Uh, there's only so many hours of the day. And, uh, you know, you don't uh, you don't always want the extra hassle of hauling even more gear around. Um, so that's where I've come to really appreciate small and light cameras, uh, point and shoots. Uh, even my medium format is almost a point and shoot. So it's a, uh, uh, Fuji GS 645 W, mm. which, um, yeah, it's just got a fixed 45 millimeter lens and the widest aperture is 5.6 on it. Uh, and you know, so in, in the crazy thing is it's scale focus. Uh, but it goes to infinity after like wow. 15 feet, I think, or five meters or something. Uh, so, you know, wide angle, tight aperture, you know, it's pretty hard to have anything out of focus with that. But, you know, it's small and compact and light, and it's an easy way to uh, to get medium format in a portable camera. So we're up to the Vicky and and Bill 2's question. Is that, yeah. is that right, Bill Andre? That Bill right? 2, yep. Do you want me to read that one? Go for mm-hmm. it. All right. So uh, they say uh, the super blood moon sequence is one of the best things I've ever seen. How did you do it? And how do you and how do you decide what to shoot on film and what on digital? Wow. That's a comment from Bill, too, is a high compliment. Uh, he's a he's a hell of a photographer. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was blown away to see that one. And uh, I mean, I really appreciate uh, the compliment. Uh, and I feel really bad to have to say uh, that it's uh, that shot is all lies and trickery. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I shot each of those shots of the moon, but it's they're all each moonshot is a Photoshop layer. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and I just, uh, yeah, blended it all together into into that shot. Um, it was I mean, I, I thoroughly remember and enjoy that day because my daughter really wanted, uh, she was probably 16 or 17 at the time. She really wanted to go shoot it. And we had to get up early in the morning and it was cold uh, that morning. Uh, but we braved it and uh, we're out there for, I think, a good hour or so uh, to get all those different phases. And uh, yeah, it was a blast. But um, yeah, the the decision to go digital on that one, is it's, it's, it's 
it's difficult for me. Uh, every time it's kind of a big decision, you know, which one do I take? What do I use? A lot of it has to do with how confident I'm feeling that day. Mm. <laughs> uh, something like the super blood it was like the super blue blood moon or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, that it doesn't come along very often, uh, you know, once in a super blue blood moon, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this guy, we got a comedian here tonight, folks. Look out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I just wasn't feeling confident enough to use film. Uh, mm. so I wanted to see that I got each shot. Uh, um, that's the, and that's really how it goes. You know, when I got my, um, a, a while ago, I used to shoot a Nikon D 800 E and, uh, that was the highest megapixel camera I'd ever had. And, uh, you know, I had some nice lenses on it and I was just really inspired to shoot landscape with it for, for some reason. And so I started watching all the landscape YouTubers and they all seem to be from England from the lakes district so i don't i don't know what that's all about but i learned a lot about landscape photography from those guys and so you know i was really impressed to use my nikon for all of that um and hardly ever shot uh shot film on on the landscapes but i i can't give you a really solid answer as to why uh it Mm. just that's just kind of how it struck me at the time but when it comes to like personal events uh you know family birthdays and uh, get togethers and that kind of thing, it, it will almost always be on film. Uh, mm. You know, and kind of mostly because I tend to think of film uh, in the archival uh, aspect of it, you know, that it's always going to be around. No matter how many backups I make of my digital files, I don't have the same confidence that I do in my film negs. So yeah. there's something about having that physical negative that, you know, uh, providing their halfway. Uh, decently okay stored uh, they're, they're going to be there you can you can probably recreate it somehow you know so yeah 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 uh so really that's yeah the really important stuff uh i tend to shoot on film <laughs> mm-hmm. i have this weird uh attitude about digital and i don't know if it's just because my love of film and it's probably a wrong attitude to have but <laughs> i just never valued my my digital photographs or my phone shots or whatever that much i just don't really put much value in them and uh, and sometimes it makes me not shoot like even like if i don't have a camera with me i just have my phone sometimes i like uh you know we we you know been out a couple of times recently i i, I did i went to like a friend's bachelor party it wasn't really a bachelor party, folks. We just uh, we just went out to eat and we sat around a fire pit and drank beer. So like it, it's not, it's not like we, not, not like we did what, you know, what the, we, we used to do for bachelor parties. But anyway, but uh, so and I, I didn't take like a single shot uh, like that night. And, uh, all I had on me was my phone, but I, I didn't even document it at all. It's like because I don't really seem to put much value in these like digital files that I hardly ever look at. And I, I don't. It's a, it's right. a habit I need to break because it's not it's not a good habit. But it's just for some reason I just don't value them or something i don't know but yeah yeah conversely though the only the thing that i try to avoid is shooting something on film just for the sake of thinking that it will be cooler because it's on film yeah yeah uh, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that's uh, no but yeah. that's a good point man and mike i feel I, just like you too i i like have a hard time taking seriously anything i do with my phone you know mm-hmm, what i mean it's like mm-hmm. it's like a scratch pad or something you know I ran into a guy that uh, puts on art shows uh, about a week ago, and he's telling me about an art show he wants to do. And I've, I've participated in some of his art shows, and and uh, it's always been a good time. He he puts on pretty unique events, and uh, 
he wants to do an art show and he asked me if I'd be an interested interest in it where it's literally all just iPhone photography. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> well, I mean, that's definitely against everything I stand for, but, <laughs> but, but I think it might be a good challenge for me. I think if he does it, I think I'm going to, I think I'm, I think I'm going to do it. You know, maybe it will change my attitude towards, uh, yeah, relying on an iPhone in moments when that's the only camera you have, you know, it, it takes great photos. It's not like it doesn't. So maybe, maybe I need to do that just to kind of break that uh, little bad habit I have, you know? So, yeah, you know. that sounds great. Yeah. So we'll see how that, you, that turns out. But, <laughs> so. You know, one of the other things I realized though, Mike recently is that like taking a picture with my phone, it's, it is somehow more difficult for me to keep track of it and put it somewhere where I can use it. Right. Than my film shots, because my film stuff is so painfully organized. You know what I mean? I know mm-hmm. how to find the stuff and, and there's a process for it. But I'm like, OK, I, I got a ton of pictures in my camera roll and like it took this. You know, what am I going to do with it so that I know where it is and where do I yeah. put it? And it's well, like. We spend so much time uh, doing the whole film process of developing and scanning or whatever, wherever, or for you, darker printing or whatever. I mean, if you're not going to keep it organized, then <laughs> you're really doing yourself well, you, a service, right? So it's, it's a, yes, I, I tell you, man, the, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of anally organized, but I, it's paid off like, yeah. in, in many ways. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm But like, but I don't really know how to something from my phone to translate that over, you know, like even like a digital shot from like, I have a 60, and a 7D Mark II or the two digital cameras I have. And, and honestly, the 6D is basically my film scanner. It, it hasn't moved <laughs> off the scanning rig for years, you mm-hmm. know. And mostly I use a 7D when I do something digital. But but those, there's enough metadata and stuff in them. And like where you put them in, you can kind of, not that there isn't with your phone, but I don't, I don't know. There's just a breakdown there somehow. And maybe yeah. it's all broken down in my head in nowhere else. You know, I mean, that's that's entirely good possibilities. It's all. But but when you were saying that about not taking stuff from your phone totally seriously, I I completely feel that. But but Minson, I, I also agree highly with what you're saying that just because you shoot something with film doesn't make it better. You know what I mean? It's it's <laughs> right. it's it, it, yeah. it there's days like sometimes you look at stuff on online and people, they spend more time telling you about what camera they took the picture with than what they were trying to do or what they were thinking or what it means to them or what it means to somebody else. And that's kind of a drag, right? There are those people. I shouldn't say it like that. Those people, but sometimes you see people's pictures and it's all they say is Mamiya seven, you know? Oh, great. That's a nice camera. Right. It's all about getting them so likes that. dog. All about getting them likes. <laughs> I got a hashtag it right. your boat. <laughs> Andre, if you, that's you, what the goal is. Andre, you, 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 you had a little experience in the last year of uh, organization, so uh, I figured <laughs> I figured you'd be chiming in. You know, I mean, one thing that I definitely learned from my whole project was that I've shot a lot of shit pictures on film over the years, <laughs> and a bunch of pictures we all were, have. I, I, I just I don't know why I I took them. Like in hindsight, I can't think you know looking at some of these like what was it that caught my eye and i feel like had i taken those with my phone i would have had so much more film to to use on on better (laughs) subjects but nowadays when i'm going out 
and, and thinking about all the time and the expense that is involved with, with shooting film, I've become a lot more conservative with what I choose to commit to film versus, you know, what I'm going to shoot on my phone. Like I have a group chat with my, with my, you know, immediate, you know, nuclear family that I talk to them a lot. And we, we take pictures with our phones to kind of update each other as to what's going on in our lives. And for a lot of that stuff, I use my phone rather than taking pictures with film because it's just a little snapshot. Like I'm I'm not going to do anything with that photo. They're, they're, they're they're not particularly things that are super important like if it's just something that i want to take to kind of make them chuckle and then scroll past and never see again (laughs) that's what i'll use my phone for or i i use my phone a lot for kind of taking reference images to remind me to do things or remind me to kind of look something up or researching research you'll you'll take like a phone photo of your toilet to remind you to clean it uh this weekend No, but like if I, I don't know, trying to come up with a good example, Um, (laughs) like I I use screenshots a lot. I know that that's technically a different thing, but, you know, looking, scrolling through my camera roll or scrolling through my screenshots, for me, nine times out of ten, it's more like I took a picture of something to remind myself of something rather than using it for like to capture quote unquote art or anything or or try to well, document something when we uh when i went out with my sons to shoot before my uh oldest son went back to college uh we spent a day shooting like kind of the hip area of town here in louisville and there was this one uh, area this one uh, store that i overshot the entire time i was shooting uh, a lot of film uh a, a place called guitar emporium here in louisville it's kind of a institution one of the best guitar stores i mean they sold like guitars to like famous people they had like you know, like uh, all over the walls was like, you know, letters from famous people that bought a guitar from them or whatever, thanking them for it or whatever. And just kind of a vintage guitar shop. And it was always like an institution. I bought one of my favorite guitars ever from them uh, back in the day. And uh, I, 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 it's one of those places I overshot and probably have way too many film photos of it. But when we did that walk with my, when I did that walk with my sons, it's, it, it, I didn't even know it. It's out of business. It's, it's not there anymore. And I, I, I never heard they were closing. It's just suddenly not there. And now I'm like, I'm kind of glad I overshot that man. Like, you know, yeah. I've got like a yeah. lot of photos of that place now and it's doesn't exist. And it was, it was yeah. an institution in this town. So, uh, yeah, you never know, but, um, uh, just a little thing kind of, kind of popped in my head. Uh, RIP. But Mike, if you were to look at them in like over time, if you look at them from when you took them, like chronologically, mm-hmm. you might see some changes in what, what it was like. Mm-hmm. how it was you know what mm-hmm. i mean like in some ways the, the there might be some value to that because I, I remember listening to a podcast once where they were talking about like the the subject becomes the story rather than oh, putting yeah. a story in the subject right you know what i mean when you take mm-hmm. pictures of the same thing over time then that's like kind of builds a narrative of that thing uh well, and, and i saw I know, some- I saw some pictures of myself uh, from about five, six years ago, and I'm like, wow, um, I've really aged. I've really aged. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I'm, I'm flirting with 15 years in my current job, and I'm like, it doesn't feel like 15 years, but if I looked at a picture of myself when I first started, it sure as heck looks like 15 years, <laughs> maybe more. <laughs> but it doesn't feel like it. Uh, yep, yep. So I, I get it completely. But there's a place too um, up in Vickerville. This this little house. I don't know why, but like when I start, 
Um, there's a, the you, you've seen the Kill Bill movies, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you remember when uh, Kiddo dug herself out of the grave mm-hmm. and she like walks across the street to the cafe? Mm-hmm. So that's actually a real place you can eat in. And mm-hmm. Andre and I have gone there a couple times. And usually whenever I would do Route 66, I would start there with breakfast and kind of drive up. And the, um, the there's this little caving in house that is like it it's just keeps you know i mean i haven't taken pictures of a while but i've probably got like 10 or 15 pictures of it over the years you know and like but what i'm getting at is one of the things i took a lot of pictures of on uh route 66 um north of between victorville and barstow i'm not sure which place it was actually in was this 280zx uh it was kind of like a salmon color maybe the hood open flat hmm. tires like the windows were rolled up and it was all like fogged up from outgassing inside the car right kind of weird looking but but when i was a kid i had a 280zx that was a two plus two so it was a little less sexy right the the two plus two means it had a back seat hmm. some of the cars it, originally it wouldn't have it would only it was a two-seater so i took pictures of that thing with polaroids with you know black and white with color all kinds of stuff and I can't remember the last time I went by there and the car was gone. It was uh, like, well, that's that, you know? Yeah, so you, you said the one with the back seat is less sexy. I would say that the one with the back seat is <laughs> sexy. What? Depends on the use case. <laughs> air quotes. Sorry. <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot of room back there. I'll tell you that. So I, you know, it, it, it would have been some, um, yeah. Oh, hey, I, I made it happen out of Fiero. It's possible. So, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, the shifter in the way and, and the center console, right? So, right, I mean, right. Like all kinds of obstacles in there. So, <laughs> um, so uh, yeah. And, and your Fiero didn't catch on fire. Nah, you know what? That, that's that is a way overblown. Uh, that that's Ralph Nader talking, man. That's. that's uh, <laughs> It's way overblown, but uh, no, my, I love that Fiero. That was my favorite car, uh, but. <laughs> Um, let's see here. Uh, I, I, I did take a photo of a, it's all good. Okay. I, I don't know. I don't think you can overshoot. Yeah. Yeah. There, well, there's, there was a decaying car in these woods, uh, outside where I grew up and I was walking back there one time and like this old decaying car was back in, it was in the middle of the woods for some strange reason. And someone had graffitied sin on the fender. And and, and, and and not particularly good graffiti. And they even did the end backwards, which I didn't understand why the end was backwards. And I took a photo of that. And like, I sold like a ton of photos of just this, of, that just said sin on it. And apparently like a lot of people like sin, I guess, but uh, so, so a lot of them. Must been a connection. Maybe <laughs> so, there's some sinning that happened in a car similar to that. And just to come back to right. their youth. You know? Well, about five years later, I went back to the same spot looking for that car. I was like, I want to shoot this again, you know, see if there's another angle or something I can get or whatever, because I did well with that photo at art shows and stuff. And it had literally decayed to nothing. Like Mother Nature had claimed it. Like it was gone. Like there was a little bit of frame left. Like, <laughs> like man, oh, man. Yeah. So you never know. But when you, when you said like in a short time that the car like disappeared, man, that must have been some uh, pretty aggressive 
I don't know what, but uh, <laughs> well, there's a lot of being, there's a lot of there's a lot of meth being used in that area. So I don't know if the fumes are uh, <laughs> just, just saying. But <laughs> but uh, anyway, oh, I was thinking of a different kind of sin. Oh. <laughs> uh, all right, do we have any questions left? Yeah, there was. Yep, wasn't right. there? All right. Uh, Next up, we've got from Mr. Jack Oakley. Can you tell us more about your Route 66 trip? What parts did you see, and was the trip mostly photography-related? Oh, yeah, that's another one. I felt a little bad uh, if I made it look like it was a Route 66 trip. <laughs> it wasn't. Uh, but, what, uh, <laughs> but what happened was uh, last summer, my son uh, was competing in a, uh, a music competition. He's playing a bass uh, solo down in Florida. <laughs> we had to go to Orlando. And yeah, we could have gone the easy route and just fly down there. Uh, but I, <laughs> I wanted to take the opportunity to do a road trip with my son. Uh, oh, so, sure. so I talked him into it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, part of it, it was only a little bit out of the way, uh, but was to go to that um Ariston Cafe and uh I believe it's in Illinois, I think. And they just happen to have a roots it's it's one of the oldest restaurants on Route 66. And they happen to have that welcome center right across the street there. Uh so I grabbed some shots of it while we were there. Um but yeah it was it was not specifically a Route 66 trip and not even necessarily a photographic trip. Uh it was uh just uh, spending a week with my son driving. <laughs> Uh, that's well, that's that's that, that's that's an even better story actually. But uh, but we're what we're also finding out is that Minson is like a he's a, he's a man of illusion and uh, you know. <laughs> my online persona is way cooler than me. <laughs> Carefully curated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or it's just what people take into account, right? Or that's what they think it is. I mean, you just you didn't really. You didn't do false representation saying that you were on, you know, you were out in Route 66 out in the desert or something. I mean, although most of Route 66 isn't in the desert, is it? So, you know. Yeah. yeah. But it, it's honestly, a, that is it's way, a it's, trip I would love to do one day. Oh, yeah. Me too. I've always been on my bucket list. But I mean, I mean you know, I mean, we can, I mean, it's okay. You can, you can, you can act like you were on the run from the law and you were, you know, <laughs> Picking up like uh, random, random, uh, uh, random women that were trouble, you know, and uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I don't know. And but, you only you only live once, driving like you stole it. Yeah. <laughs> right. But do the right thing, though, right? Don't take me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Make good decisions. <laughs> I say that to my son all the time when I leave him at college, but uh, yeah, make good decisions. But uh, uh, well, you know that's getting ignored. <laughs> oh, I, <don't> <laughs> I shouldn't I, say that. You, I, I saw this keychain. I, I thought about getting it for him, but he doesn't really carry keys. But the, the keychain said, <laughs> said, said, uh, "Don't do stupid shit, Dad." And I, <laughs> 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 if he had a keychain, I probably would have bought it for him. But uh, yep. uh, but yeah. Uh, all right. Um, uh, do we have any more questions? There's one more. Okay. From Billy cool. Sanford, actually. Oh, from the Music of Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's uh, funny enough, he says, looking for things to talk about on a music and photography podcast. Tell us about <laughs> your experience shooting a Chicago tribute band recently. 
Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Billy. And, you know, I'm just going to say this uh, in person, too. A while back, Billy had offered up a free roll of Fuji Pro 400H in 120. And uh, I jumped Whoa. on that and he sent it to me. Yeah. And uh, not only did he send me the film, but he also sent me a uh, print he, uh, made in his dark room. Uh, along with a great little note. So, yeah, just yeah, a great. class yeah. act. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the the, <laughs> the Chicago band, uh, you know, the, it's, it's I don't know what it's called or what you call it, but there's like this music association in central Minnesota that brings in these acts uh, to play. And this was actually at just a, a small town high school. <laughs> in Sox <laughs> Center, uh, but somehow they got this uh, Chicago tribute band, and most of the players are out of New York, uh, but uh, they were phenomenal. Uh, you know, they if you closed your eyes, you wouldn't know that it wasn't Chicago. They were, and they, they I leaned up with <laughs> I always think the tribute band names are always funny. Like, was there a band name like Peoria or something? Or like, uh, (laughs) 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 yeah, Beginnings is the name of this band, which I guess is, uh, I think it was a song. Okay. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Um, (laughs) but yeah, they lean heavily on the 70s stuff, which is cool because that was rockier. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, but yeah, so that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, the, yeah, as you can see, it, it, it's the lead picture on my Instagram right now. You know, the guy I brought my daughter with again, you know, and, and she, she leans over to me and she says, Oh, you can tell these guys are all dads <laughs> oh, boy. Their, by their poses and, and, <laughs> and the way they moved on the stage. But well, yeah, I mean, I, when you get older, I've noticed the guitar gets a little heavier as you get older. Uh, the back yeah. doesn't hold it quite as well as it used to, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But oh, no, that man. was uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, and I, I don't know. I love photographing musicians, and maybe it's just because I'm I uh, I are one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, um, yeah, you know, you just trying to look for that cool shot that really you know highlights what they're doing or who they are. Um, so yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. That one, uh, I think I took uh, Portrait 800 uh, in the uh, the EOS three. And borrowed my wife's uh, 85 1.4 L lens, mm. so <laughs> trying to get as much light oh, into that's that. The thing as I could. That's the new one. That's yeah, brand new 85. Okay. Yeah, nice. with IS. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I, I, I've had uh, uh, some people have taken photos of me uh, when I like my wife. You know, she'll take some iPhone shots whenever I've played shows, and I always look so awkward. And like, it's just uh, <laughs> I've yet to have like the one cool like rock star like look on on stage. I always look like a rigid uh, guy that's uh, just trying to remember the damn parts of the song. Uh, rather, than, <laughs> I never, I never had like the shot that uh, that you know would make uh, you know the, the rock star shot. You know, but uh, so but yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, me neither. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Well, um, is that all the questions? I think it is. Awesome. I have, uh, I have, I definitely have some questions I want to follow up with uh, Minson in the in the in the third segment. We will have some uh, questions from us 
to finish up this episode. So uh, uh, we'll go ahead and take us one last break, and uh, and then we'll get out our deep probes. And I'm sure Minson is uh, excited to be deeply probed. And uh, so uh, uh, we'll <laughs> we will uh, take a break and be right back, folks. segment this is where uh the co-captains uh, we all just uh you know we get out our probes we get out our industrial vat of lube and we uh <laughs> do some deep probing of our guests and uh so <laughs> uh mike why don't you uh reach into the the, the vat and get you a couple fingers of that <laughs> <laughs> that might be a little too much detail man. <laughs> uh, what, what do you have Cooks? <laughs> Well, Minson, what I noticed in your uh, Instagram uh, profile is you got a couple pictures from the EAA, and I'm yeah. I'm a huge uh, airplane nut. I mean, I I love I love planes, and like the EAA is, I've never been there. I've wanted to go there. You know, there's a company I know that is in Appleton, in Wisconsin, which is just like a stone's throw away. In fact, I managed uh, the last time I was up there. Uh, I managed to go down to the EAA museum. Um, it was in like December oh, yeah. or something. So what it was is, all it, snowy. What, is, what does EA stand for? Buddy? Sorry, the experimental aircraft association. Oh, okay. awesome. And in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, they have a get together every year. And by get together, this <laughs> little area, right. It becomes the busiest airport, like in the world for like two days mm, of yeah. all the planes that come in. And, but, but it's like, you can fly your own plane in the blue angels come in there. The, you know, all kinds of military i've never even been there so i should just shut up because obviously you have this on but when i see a couple of these pictures i'm just like tell me about what it's like to be there because it just is like it's it's uh i don't know how to describe the to me how much i want to be there and how important it is oh. and of course i failed to make it happen um, but it's got yes. just amazing it, it is it really is Cooks just wants um, to so, live. Cooks wants to live vicariously through you at this point. So, <laughs> yep, absolutely. Well, he's willing to travel all the way across the country. Uh, you think you could stop halfway through and, <laughs> and make well, it? One up thing I you. have heard though is it's a good idea to drive there rather than thinking you're going to fly there, uh, because everyone else is doing that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, or or at least the closest you want to fly maybe is to Chicago and then drive from there. But drive, sure. Yeah, so it's a day drive for us. Uh, you know, it's it's about I don't know six or seven hour drive. Um, so I've been there twice, and uh, drove both times, and went with my dad. He's uh, my dad is a big fan, and he's actually on the board of our local EAA chapter. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, so he, he's heavily involved. <laughs> Even though he was he was a Navy guy. <laughs> um, oh. Boy. When he, 
Yeah, <laughs> but uh, no. Well, don't they say that? Airplane. Don't they say that Navy's the best pilots uh, in the entire armed forces? Right. <laughs> uh, wow. I mean, I don't want to step on any toes. So I... <laughs> <laughs> See, all the armed forces think they're better than all the other right. Armed forces. My, yeah. my dad should be right. I mean, my dad in the uh, my dad in the Navy was an aircraft mechanic. So uh, yeah. That's, oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Sweet. No, and, and my dad was on the Enterprise. Uh, in, mm. in the early 70s there in the, in the nuclear wow. engine room so, wow, wow. <laughs> yeah. oh man uh, but yeah he, yeah you he know he's uh he and he doesn't glow at night so yeah, <laughs> i'm trying to think of something smart to say i decided i wasn't going to say anything but i'm glad you said that <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome yeah. uh but anyways back to the air show yeah, it's it is amazing. Um, just so many people and planes, and yeah, some people do fly in. Uh, you know, their little uh, Cessnas and things, and they'll they actually have a place where they can park their small planes, and a lot of people just camp right there. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so they're setting up their tents under the wings of their planes, um, and just every type of plane you can imagine: the experimental ones, the uh, you know, and all the manufacturers are there. Uh, you know the uh, um, uh, the private jet companies, and you, so you can see the brand new stuff. Um, a lot of military planes. I saw a Harrier for the first time there, and it oh, wow. uh, blew my blew my eardrums out <laughs> because those, those things hover so loud. Yeah, so loud. yeah. <laughs> um, you want to lift a plane like that up and just have it sit in the middle and not moving? I guess that's it what it a takes. A little bit of thrust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but of course, my favorite is uh, you know the World War II planes. And uh, they will have, you know, whole squadrons uh, fly overhead and, you know, they'll do mock strafing runs and all kinds of that stuff. Uh, So it's a lot of fun and just really cool to see. Uh, At night, it gets even more wild. (laughs) They they had a rocket powered semi truck and it was. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, and they did a race with a '50s era jet, uh, and, and like I think MiG, the truck. Right? Yeah, it's like a MiG, yeah. like a MiG-15, <laughs> and and a jet truck, and yeah, because I've seen not at night, but I've seen versions of that before too, and it's yeah, it's and you know it's funny, I'm because I'm at the air show. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but it's just because oh. you could probably. I don't know how it's set up over there, but you know I'm like at the front of of the fence. You know, and I'm over there taking pictures, and then they're like, "Oh, in the jet truck or whatever," and and I turn around, and all of a sudden there is no breathing space. There's like everyone <laughs> is like right up against the fence that they want to see the jet truck. And I'm like, yeah. Really? "Yeah, that's what that's what got you excited? Is that? Come on, man! America loves yeah. America, America loves trucks, man. You know, so yeah, that's right. especially when there's fire involved, right, <laughs> dude." Oh, and those things, it's really a jet engine. I mean, you can feel it on your chest when the guy, like, lights the afterburner on it. It's like, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, and, yeah. So who yeah. who won? Who who won? Uh, I think the truck did. Really? <laughs> but, dude, yeah. but the whole thing is such BS because the airplane's already in the air. The, the truck yeah. is on the ground. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? The plane is already moving. So, you know what I mean? These, like, planes versus cars – races to me i just like this is dumb okay i like the spectacle but like right this is right. not an objective measurement of performance it, it, it's no. not you know so sorry I, i'm not sure if you're aware but 
wrestling is fake too. So. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? <laughs> no, I, I totally get it. It's just, yeah. it's just like to me, it's like okay, fine. It's cool yeah. or whatever, and and every time that every time I'm shooting that, I'm always trying to just pan the jet truck and get get the background to blur a little bit. You know what I mean? Or, yep, or a lot. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, <laughs> that's about all you can kind of hope for. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so, that's so no, it was even at the EAA. So oh yeah, yeah. it sure is. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you can be right up close on a lot of these planes. I mean, obviously, that shot uh, they. And my Instagram is right up on it, uh, which that one was on E100 slide film, I think. Hey, man, I, I would love to meet you up there sometime. That would be that'd be the bomb. Just yeah, drive on I would love Kentucky, it. <laughs> a pick up Gutterman and we'll there you go. keep on going right up 75, <laughs> man. Perfect. I'll, I'll meet you I'll, there. I'll bring the Miller Lite. We'll be good. So, but, uh, <laughs> awesome. Uh, all right, Minson. Uh, I I have to ask this question because anytime I get uh, someone, I, you actually uh, considered yourself uh, a musician. You, you you called yourself one. I, I I'm I'm always leery of calling myself a musician, but I always have to ask this question when I get somebody on here that that, that does that does dabble. In the uh, the artist the artistry of playing um, uh, you know uh, stringed instruments and such, uh, do you find yourself um, seeing any correlation between your uh, hobbies? And I, we kind of had this question earlier, but I'm, I'm kind of wondering, like uh, like with music, um, do you think there's a, some sort of correlation? Like why why is so many musicians seem to go to photography? And photographers tend to be musicians. Uh, do you think there's any correlation there? Because I, I, I've often had a theory that maybe it's uh, musicians tend to be kind of gear centric, and photographers also seem to be that way. So it seems to be a natural like thing <laughs> that costs us a lot of money and keeps us perpetually broke. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, I mean, any any thoughts on the correlation between those two? And have you uh, been able to like uh, like as much as I love t- uh, photography, as much as I love guitars, I, I rarely, other than just for documentation purposes, for like insurance reasons, really document my my guitars in a, like an artistic way because it's so hard to take an artistic photo of a guitar because it's so cliche, you know, like it's like taking <laughs> car photos or whatever. So you know, like, uh, but do you see those two worlds ever intertwine or or, or like what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, so that is definitely a thought that I have thought <laughs> before <laughs> <laughs> and tried to mull over, you know, why do we see such a connection? And, you know, it's not just the guitar players. So it's a little sidetrack here. I, I also play bass guitar and uh, piano and drums. Um, nice. So, but, you know, <laughs> start adding all of that up and it's just an immense amount of gear. <laughs> <laughs> I think I want. I think I want to come to your house now. So uh. yeah, yeah, <laughs> we'll have you over. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. I think it's. It's a little bit more than the gear, uh, and it, you can wax maybe poetic about all of the the similarities artistry wise. But uh, I think where I kind of landed is that honestly, it's a bit kind of a lot about math. Uh, you know, uh, music is, is all about math, uh, essentially. Oh, I mean, that's why I'm so, so bad at it because I was horrible at math. So, uh, <laughs> 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 uh, 
<laughs> well, you know, it's internalized math, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and so is photography. There, There's just so much math involved, uh, you know, and I think it just tickles the same part of our brain, uh, you know, that uh, that we apparently like. And so I honestly, I think that's where it comes down, at least for me. Uh, and obviously the gear is a huge part of it. <laughs> um, but it's, it's weird too. I've never spent more than $300 on a guitar. I just, I don't buy expensive guitars, mm-hmm. uh, but I've easily spent more than that on cameras. So <laughs> yeah. I, I have some really expensive guitars and, but I'm done with it. Like I have like three or four that are pretty expensive. <laughs> Everything else has been pretty cheap and I'm, the way prices have went lately, I realized like I will never be able to buy another. I have a kid in college now. My days of buying expensive <laughs> guitars are over. Like they're done. Like uh, yeah. I um, my like Squire is my favorite brand now because because uh, like, <laughs> yep. they make cheap copies of really expensive Fenders and like yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> and uh, so yeah, I uh, I've realized I'm at a point in my life. Uh, Mike, you you've bought your last expensive guitar, and honestly, I probably <laughs> bought my last expensive camera as well. So like. Uh, uh, oh. Yeah, till the kids get out of college, till till the gutterman retires, um, not gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be some budget brands from here here on out. So yeah, or uh, or yeah, good with what you got, right? I am good you with what I, I mean. Got, like I, I'm covered. I really am covered. Like anything, anything I need now, either in photography or music, is it's like uh, you know, kind of just frivolous things to maybe influence or inspire me, I guess, you know, but like, uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, I'm, I, I don't really need anything. Honestly, do I want things? Absolutely. But do I need things? No, not necessarily, you know? Yeah. I was at the Taylor guitar clinic once though. And he said, sometimes you just got to get yourself a new guitar. That's got new songs in it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there is a thing, man. And I believe this with guitars and cameras, when you get a new guitar or a new camera, there is a certain amount of like new work that comes. Like I've always said, like you buy a new, mm-hmm. uh, you get a new guitar. It has a certain amount of songs that will come out of it almost immediately. And I feel like yeah. a new camera does the same, like, uh, uh, or not, not a new camera, like a, a new camera to you, uh, does make you shoot differently right. and, and it, it can bring some inspiration, you know? So there's, there, there's, you can't discount that, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I just recently shifting over to music for a sec. I just recently sold, I had a late eighties Ibanez tube screamer, a TS-10. Oh, yes. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I bought this thing in the mid '90s for like forty bucks. Oh, it's worth so much money now. You're right. <laughs> right. Yeah, so I just sold it on eBay for ten times that. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> Plus, nice. um, and, but you know, for one thing, those things are fragile, and I did yes, not want are. to be the guy that owned it when it decided to give up the ghost. <laughs> yeah, I was. I, I had the same thing with. I had a Pentax uh, LX. Uh, like one of the, like one of the, you know, the best Pentax cameras ever. And it, it worked fine. It was great camera, but I know that when it breaks, there's like literally no parts available for it. And I was like, you know what? Right. I should sell it while it's still working so I can get premium dollar for it. Cause I don't want to be the guy (laughs) that breaks it, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah. And, uh, well, uh, so then I turned around and took that money and I bought myself, uh, an orange, uh, tube amp. 
Oh, nice. Uh, nice. You know, the, yeah, the, just the obnoxiously colored orange amps. Yeah. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful amps though. Yeah. 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 But this thing is super high gain. You know, you, you flip over to the dirty channel and you max it out. It is the heaviest sounding amp. I oh, own. just death, death chugs <laughs> for days. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I grabbed it, grabbed my Jackson guitar. Oh man. You're going, threw you're it going, in the drop D. Yeah. You're going, you're going full metal jacket on it. I, I get it. I did. And <laughs> I found myself playing stuff I've never played before. It was sure. amazing. <laughs> you know? So yeah, it really, there really is something to that. Uh, but yeah. Well, uh, do, you, do you think my, I think my, my thing, I think it's like when I write a song, like um, I do sort of like, and maybe it's a photographer in me, but like, I do sort of see imagery. Like if I, I'm writing a song. Sometimes I feel like, you know, if I was to like bother making a music video for this, I see like imagery that I'd want for that song or whatever. And mm. I, it, like, I just, I, I wonder if there is something about like, cause I do think, you know, music can paint pictures for people. And I think photography can paint emotions for people, you know? So like, I wonder if there's a correlation there or something that maybe I haven't, uh, I don't know. I'm asking you cause I don't know, but I, <laughs> so. yeah, no, that's, that's a way more artistic and beautiful theory than mine. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, so here, I got a question for you, Mike. I guess both you guys, but, but Mike, especially. So then how do you feel about Polaroid, uh, getting into kind of the music business? I don't, I don't even understand it, man. And like, you know, like I think the last thing we need is another like streaming service because the streaming service are just basically ripping off the artists anyway, anyway, no one's making any money yeah. at it. Like, yeah. so I, I don't, I don't understand what they're doing there, man. Like, but uh, a second ago you were saying that, you know, music and, and images are tied together tightly. Sure. Right. That they're connected and like, but it's funny though, the idea of Polaroid, you know, doing that, it's like, ah, that sucks. <laughs> you didn't say that exactly, but there have right, been a lot of right. people that have, have said what I, you know, the, the, the context is that's, that's not a good idea. It's yeah. 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 I, I don't know, man. I, I, I honestly, I've only looked into it on a surface level, but like, I was like, oh, what? Come on! Like, I, like I pay my ten dollars a month to Spotify, and I don't necessarily feel good about it uh, because I know it's not really supporting the artist like it should. But at the same time, I've got like every album, almost ever created, and and on my that's <laughs> at my fingertips, right. and I do appreciate that. Also, yeah. Polaroid, like similar to Kodak, has spent did spend years licensing their brand out to really shit products. Yeah, they're like. Yeah. Polaroid yeah. speaker, it's like well, it probably doesn't even sound good. <laughs> well, I don't know. Well, I have, so maybe I can't make that judgment. It's a, it's a different company than it used to be, but what I mean, well, like some credit for though. Can it sound that good for the price? But well, at that, least at the same time they were like, by the way, we are working on the film. <laughs> like yeah. at the same it's like almost the same same time they're like, hey, we didn't take our eye completely off the ball. You know what I mean? But it's not necessarily completely, you know, I love Polaroid and I want them to keep going. I want to be able to buy the film. I love my SX-70. You know what I mean? Like I, but, but, uh, but I just hope, yeah. So sorry, Mike. I just, I just hope they didn't screw themselves by well, doing, investing yeah, I, a lot of money I, I, in a bad thing. And, 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 and obviously the, the first knee jerk reaction from a lot of people in the film community is like, uh, instead of spending the time doing the R and D or whatever and paying the people to get this, Whatever this music thing you're thinking about doing, going, 
could you just approve the effing film? Like, you know, like, you know, right. like your bread right. and butter, like, I don't know. And I, I understand that, 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 that thought process. Yeah. So, um, uh, all right. Well, uh, I think we've, uh, I, I've probably gotten at least all the non-musicians to stop listening to this podcast at this point, but, uh, uh so, <laughs> <laughs> Andre, what do you got? Bring it, bring it back, bring it back for the, for the film people here. So I will bring it back. So, um, I would say that it's a pretty fair assumption to make that like, you know, every all of the like the, the non-music nerds, right? Everybody loves guitar, but bass guitar is really like the redheaded stepchild <laughs> of the stringed, you know, instruments. Um, what would you say? Wait, man, I thought you were bringing this back to film. We're going to stand. I'm, I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. You know? <laughs> what is the spiritual, like underloved equivalent in the camera world of the guitar? Uh. Oh boy, probably oh, ATS. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't recall asking you. <laughs> wow. Um, hmm. Well, see, that's a tough one. I, bass is a funny instrument because, yeah, so many people don't even recognize it for what it is, or they think it's just a guitar. Uh, and they they don't even think it's important in the music until it's missing. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. uh, there's so many great songs uh, that if it weren't for the bass, they would be completely lame. Uh, so trying to think of a similarity in in the world of photography, um, boy, I am not entirely sure what to say to that. Um, uh, it's like Instax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it, it does the job, but it doesn't really get much credit. You know, I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah. You know. <laughs> well, wait a second. If you're talking about a song or a piece of music and the bass contributes to that music, then it'd have to be something that contributes to a photo, right? So could it be the light meter? Could it be the Ooh, some, oh, some kind of basic yes. part? Something unglamorous. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or the neck need. strap the tripod <laughs> this is a tripod yeah, socket <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's a tripod socket of the camera right? <laughs> well you know we could do a little play on words here the tripod is the base of your camera so oh look out <laughs> look out for this guy <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Yeah, but the truth is, uh, the bass is actually my favorite instrument. I I actually played um, the upright bass in orchestra in college. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, in well, in high school and college, and yeah, so it <laughs> I love that instrument. And uh, yeah, my uh, and my son, he's you know the bass player too. He's just kind of a monster of the technique. He can do all the Victor Wooten type stuff. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> and it's, uh, this is a lot of fun to watch. And, and so we, yeah, there's a lot of love for the bass in our house. <laughs> well, the first couple of bands I played in, I played bass in. And, uh, one thing I enjoyed about, uh, being a bass player in a band is, uh, and it, maybe this is, uh, maybe my photography is much like bass playing because, uh, I, the nice thing about being a bass player in a band is like, you can show up for practice and you can just get the job done. 
and like you kind of you know you can just get it done right but if you're feeling extra creative then you you know you, you throw in some, you throw in, you get a little you get a little crazier you get a little you get a little fancier yeah you know yeah but but no one really cares whether you have the day where you're fancy or the day where you just get the job done uh, <laughs> so, just play the root notes man right, right. you True, can just ride man. the roots or you can uh, you can get a little crazy and i feel like that's the way my photography is a lot of times so yeah. <laughs> oh I can relate. I can relate. <laughs> I play. Uh, play guitar, for our guitar, guitar player can't take it. Can't take a practice off. You know. So uh, no, yeah. no. Yeah, yeah I, I play for our church, and yeah, when I played electric guitar, it was so much pressure because you right. they, they, there's parts they want to they expect to hear, <laughs> and, and yeah, for bass, no, I I can just. I can just show up. <laughs> right. Uh, with bass, you're just trying not to hit the brown note. Just don't hit the brown note. You know? so, <laughs> well, hey, with a five string. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's there. <laughs> I, I think somebody in the Facebook post asked how low can you go. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, yeah. By the way, the, the, for the, any non-musicians, maybe uh, the brown note is a, a, a particular note of the bass guitar that is known to maybe cause some intestinal distress. So, in case you <laughs> <laughs> as long as you're amplified well did, enough. <laughs> did, did, did you guys ever hear that? You know, they have they, they have some like alternative weapons that don't like kill people, but like will screw them up and like. They have something like that where it, makes it just makes you lose control of your all of your body yeah. functions. You just like, you know, and like I heard about it as a method of riot control. Right. Well, can you imagine you're all feeling strong and you're screaming, and all of a sudden you just all of everything that you have inside is now outside. You know what I mean? Like, I would oh, be man. home with if they my between my legs figuratively. All right. Well, uh, this is going to be uh, another long episode, I'm sure. So uh, I guess we should go ahead and start thinking about wrapping this one up. Um, uh, Minson, uh, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on tonight, man. And uh, uh, and uh, certainly now you will uh, you've qualified to uh, be on a roundtable at some point, too. So uh, we'll have Sweet. to have you back for that. So, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm sorry it's been so long for me to have you on. Like, I have this list of like people that I you know I want to have on. And like you've been on the list for a long time. And it's just like I, I just, you know, I, I, I go down the list and I just kind of just randomly pick something. <laughs> so, <laughs> No, I, it, this has been an absolute blast. Uh, it's been so much fun, and I really thank you for having me on. I was not concerned one bit of how long it took. I really hadn't even noticed. So. <laughs> well, very good. I always worry about like people like when's when's Mike going to send me a, a message? When, when do I get to come on? Like you know, and like trust me, like I want to have all you guys on. I just uh, you know, I'm, I'm in case you all haven't noticed, I'm not a very organized guy. Uh, just uh, just let me know. That. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, this was super cool. The only thing I regret is it was one week or one episode after uh, Jess decided to jump ships. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, yeah. She, you know, she, I like to think she missed out on this one. So, you know, they're just saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go, Jess. We'll go with that. She missed. You know. <laughs> 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 All right, well, let's go ahead and uh, uh, get our socials out. Uh, let's start with you, Minson. Like, how, where uh, can people check you out, and where would you people like to see your work? Yeah, so I do have my personal website, MinsonSowers.com. Uh, that doesn't get updated very often, so you know, hope you enjoy three-year-old pictures. <laughs> uh, my Instagram is Minson underscore Sowers. 
And uh, my Flickr is flickr.com slash Minson underscore sellers. Awesome. All right, let's go to uh, Mr. Mike Kukavica. Where can people check you out, brother? Uh, I'm at uh, Darkroom on Instagram and uh, kukavica.com. But uh, I don't expect that you know how to spell that. So uh, just look at Instagram. You've been on this. You've been on this show too many times. Everybody knows how to spell Kukavica. I'm like, come on, that's it. It's not a mystery anymore. It's not a. It's not a mystery. It's not an illusion like uh, Mensan's photography. It's. Uh, <laughs> hey, but look, man, I'm not going to go around getting butt hurt because people have a hard time with my messed up last name. It's my problem. It's not theirs. Okay, you know what I mean? So, well, all, all the teachers know, in my every year at school, uh, the first day of school, no teacher wanted to say gutter man because they thought it would like maybe offend me, and like so they would try to like make it sound fancy, like uh uh guterman which is actually the proper pronunciation yeah but like <laughs> it's for the actual german pronunciation but they always they no 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 teacher ever wanted to say gutter man and uh, so i don't know why i like i don't i don't find it offensive it's actually my it's my from last name but what's your name what, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right andre where can people check you out People can check out my uh, dormant Instagram account at Andre on Film. Nice. You can check me out on uh, Instagram at Gutterman Photo. Um, you can email this program at negpositives at gmail.com. I am, folks, I'm really low on uh, listener call ins and, and uh, listener interaction in general. So the next episode, I think after the next uh, episode was listener interaction episode, I'll be out of call ins and all that stuff. So, this is your chance. Uh, anybody wants to get in on the show, uh, it's, you're be next in the queue. That's that's where we're at. We're in the red zone, uh, the danger zone, as Kenny Loggins might say. And um, so then, uh, and you can join the Facebook group, the Negative Positives Film Photo Podcast Facebook group. Uh, we have an Instagram account that is Negative Positives. Uh, and uh, I would like to say, if you use the hashtag Negative Positives, I will highlight it and for everybody to see. But I've been horrible at that, and imagine that. And uh, so, but I'll try to do better. <laughs> better at that you can support this program on coffee it is ko-fi.com slash negative positives uh you get my music on bandcamp it is my gutterman.bandcamp.com and uh but don't do that try to try to just get a hold of uh, of Menson and get his music because uh, it's way better than what i do but uh so, <laughs> so and uh that's pretty much it so uh folks we'll be back in two weeks with a listener interaction episode a huge thanks to Menson uh sours for joining us uh tonight uh great time and uh uh until we talk to you in two weeks everybody stay positive and shoot some cool film photos there it is like a professional nice. you know nice. like just 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 uh just diddled that ending like a like a baseline like you know just, uh, <laughs> oh, man. Just, just just walked that walked that baseline right out of there so nice, nice. <laughs> <laughs> all right folks we'll talk to you soon thank you for listening
A Gutter Man Cave Production!